update, all of the M&Ms are in my mouth. Okay, looks like I'm hosting the beginning of the episode at least. What's up, peeps? I'm Mike. Oh, I'm Matt. Matt has a mouthful of peanut butter of M&Ms, which is not usual for The Pink Gold Peeps, a podcast about two 20-something-year-olds talking all things Nintendo. Matt, have you swallowed your food yet? That sucked, but I'm just going to let you have it. Uh, It did, but you know what? I had to deal with it because I said, are we good? You said yes, and then you shoved like 18 M&Ms in your mouth. I didn't say we were good. You went, mmm. I figured that was a yes, mmm. Well, it wasn't. Okay, well, other than that, how are you doing? Good. My name's Matt. Did we say that already? Oh, yeah, we did. I did. You were shoving food down your mouth. Um, pretty good. Tired. That is that is how it is usually, yes. That, that is how it do. <laughs> um, yeah. I get home, and then I apply to jobs for a couple hours, and then I yell at my TV as I play Wargroove. <laughs> That's my, that was my weekly process for the week. <laughs> God, that's really depressing sounding, but also it's like, oh, well, I'm looking for a new job and playing a video game. That's one way to say it. But what you said, I enjoyed a lot more. <laughs> but how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'm always busy with work, but I also spent a lot of time playing Wargroove this week. So much so that I'm going to talk about it for a while with you in a little bit. Yes. But I have nothing else to say. So let's talk Wargroove. <laughs> All right. Well, I played a couple other things other than Wargroove. Okay. Well, why don't you start with that? All right. So I've been playing this this new little game that came out in January. It's called Kingdom Hearts Three. That I'm not gonna talk about anymore right now. Thank but I you. have also been playing Resident Evil Two. Oh, cool. And I've been playing this game for like a couple weeks now. I just haven't been talking about it. Yeah. Because there's all these other stuff, but whew, it's good. good. It's really good. Um, it's petrifying. It's not, I, I guess it's not petrifying, but it's... It's thrilling, right? It's like a thriller it's, game? No. No? No. That's, it's not like a Resident Evil 4 kind It's of not an action game. It's okay. a survival horror game. Oh, that's you're good. walking around a police station in the apocalypse, zombie apocalypse, and you're trying to live. That's cool. And it's, it's really tense. The game knows how to set a mood. Like, it is really impressive how well it just, like, sets it. Yeah. And the theming of it, it just looks visually so good. That's awesome. Horror games are, and we've said this before, horror games are something I do not enjoy playing in the slightest. However, I do appreciate a good horror right. game. From a distance. And, I mean, for the most part, this game isn't, like, terribly scary. But there are a couple of moments where I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like, I, you know who Mr. X is? Yes. The, the guy who follows you around. In the original version. I like how you said, do you know who this is? Yes. I'm going to explain it anyway. <laughs> In the original version, he didn't go everywhere. He, he was in a couple of rooms, and he would follow you around. In this version of the game, he goes everywhere. He does not stop following you. Yeah. Except for safe rooms where you can save. Mm-hmm. And, oh my god, it is the most stressful thing. Like, Knowing that he's coming. Like, I'm doing this clock tower puzzle, and they, there's this music that goes along with him when he gets close to you. And it, I swear to God, it's scientifically proven to cause the most severe anxiety. <laughs> because... I'm, like, doing this clock puzzle, right? And you hear the music, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then I realize the room is a dead end. I'm, like, crying. I'm, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he shows up, and he, like, grabs you by the skull, and he starts squeezing your skull. I'm, like, get off me. Oh, God. That's ugh. It's terrifying. I'm, like, get off. That and you just have to run away. Mm-hmm. It's, like, if you shoot him enough, he'll get stunned for, like, 30 seconds at best. But that's such a waste of bullets that it's not worth it. Yeah. I've heard it's very survival like that. Like, bullets and stuff like that are really limited, right? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But, uh, Wargroove. Yes, so I've been playing a lot of Wargroove. So much so that I have finished the main campaign. At first I was like, how did you finish it already? And then I realized you basically got it a week after me. Yeah. Or before me, I mean. You guys were all playing Kingdom Hearts and other things. And I was like, Wargroove, this -hmm. is what I'm playing now. Uh, Matt... You have not played a lot of Wargroove. Why don't you start talking about your opinions so far? Okay. Because you are you are in the same mission that I was last time we talked, right? Yes. So I think I'm on the last mission of Act 3. Is it level 3? It is the third level of Then Act it is the last level of Act 3. So I I do really like the game overall. I, I really, really like the game. It is like the style of the game the the style of the game the visuals the animations it's all so cute and the gameplay is fun yes it is hard it, it is, is pretty so tough. hard um 
Not like not like that makes it bad. It's just whew, it's yeah, hard. I, I think you. I, I think we both went into it, and I've played a lot more tactics based RPGs than right. that. I has, mean, this is like, but still, it's tough. It's like it's not easy. You know, I played Fire Emblem Fates. Yes, which was a joke. At the end of the day, yeah, the, I played Birthright. Yeah, you played. So Birthright. it was a joke. That it game was, was easy. That game is pretty easy. And the other strategy game like this that I've played before was the um, the Flash game on Nickelodeon.com, which was Avatar: The Last Airbender: Day of Black Sun, where you played the episode of the show as a strategy game. Interesting. I loved that game. Yeah. So your your <laughs> la- your tactics knowledge is limited. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I am dying a lot. I'm losing a lot, but it's I'm still having a good time. Well, good. Like, it's still a fun, fun game. It's like it's one of those games where I'll spend an hour doing something and be like, "Oh, I'm screwed." Yep. And then I'll just start it over. I'm like, "All right, let's try this again." Yep. <laughs> I'll be like, oh. and then it's like certain levels. I'll do it like four times. I'm like, "Why can't it?" Like, I'm like, "It's feasibly impossible to do this." I'm like, "I don't get it." It can be done. I promise. And eventually, I'll figure it out. I'm like, oh my god, it was hard. Yeah. It's more like a puzzle game. It is, it is very, with these kinds of games where it's not like Fire Emblem where you can just pick, stick your most powerful unit up front and just let them wipe the floor with every enemy that's coming through. The fact that, every, like, we talked about this before with, like, the health system where, you know, a guy with full health does more damage than a guy with less right. health makes you really have to know when to, when to be going forward and striking and, like, being an alpha and then when you need to back up. Because I think you'll find this, too, when you think about it. If you lose in certain levels, you'll be like... I know the point where I overstepped my boundary and then everybody came in and killed me. Right. And it's like learning from the game when to say, okay, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to back everybody up or I'm just going to, you know, bum rush the entire team and kill everyone. I've done that so many times where I'm like, oh yeah, my commander could walk over there and kill that guy. And then I do it. And the next turn, my commander gets surrounded by four units. I'm like, oh, that's the end. Yep. Although sometimes that's really good. Like in one of the missions, I put Marcia, she had full health, and I put her in a corner because I had like three units that were about to die that were flying units, and I really wanted to keep them to kill the last to kill the boss. So I just put her over there in the distance, completely unguarded, because I knew she wouldn't die from three people hitting her. But like the AI is like, we need to kill the commander, and everyone just yep. over to her. I noticed there's a couple of things about the AI that I noticed. Which is A, they love smacking your commander. Oh yeah. And B, the second you buy a wagon they love smacking the wagon. Yeah, they I'm don't like, like your wagon. Why are you hitting the wagon? And I've got three archers next to the wagon. Because it's a wagon, man. <laughs> <laughs> there are actually multiple different kinds of AI in the game. So I don't know if you played around with the uh, level creator. I oh, just yeah. went in to play with it to say that I've played with it. Mm-hmm. And there's like different settings every AI. Like defensive AI or like really aggressive AI. Oh, go after the commander AI. It's cool. But yeah, the AI is kind of funny in this game. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely funny. Like... It's also really smart for the most part. Yeah, it's it's it definitely isn't like a joke. Like they know what they're doing. Like the like after doing a level a couple of times, it is very adaptive to the way you play. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like and I find it really interesting how like I could do one thing and then the second time I try a level, the same level and totally change up my strategy, the AI adapts to the new strategy. I'm like, yeah, that was interesting. It's I, really, cool. I do really like that. I also like how the, the best thing, I think, for the AI, honestly, is if you've done any of the skirmish... Have you done skirmish missions yet? Where they're, like... They're usually side missions where you're given, like, 12 units and your opponent has 12 units and you just yeah, have to beat Yeah, yeah, I did one of those. Yeah. Those missions... Like, the person who goes in first is going to be at a disadvantage. And the yeah, amount of times I, I just played chicken with the bomb, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go a little bit closer and then they're going to yeah, go a little yeah, bit closer. Yeah, yeah, I do I'm going to go a little bit closer. I'm like, I, you know how I play. I did one where, um, like, all of my units died except for my commander... And the opponent still had, like, five units. And I wiped them all out with my commander. <laughs> felt so good. That does sound really good. Uh, I will say this. I really appreciated the game. I enjoyed the game. I'm happy what I played with it. One thing I do want to give credit to, which I don't know if you've played any of it yet, but arcade mode is really, really good. Really? Arcade mode is five levels. And each one is a... is There's, like, a, a bunch of maps they can choose from. And it will randomly pick one. And it will have... Depending on which character you're playing, you have five different units you'll fight against, like, commander-wise. And they're just, they're tiny maps that don't take very long to go through. Oh, cool. So it's, like, the best part of Wargroup, you know, making the units and fighting each other. Maps are so small that you get, like, right to the action. It's not one of those situations where you're, like, 
20 minutes into a mission, and if you don't have a wagon, it's like, I'll make a really powerful unit, but in three turns, he'll show up to where the battle is right now. Right. Might not might be where it is later. So it's just a really good thing to do, and it's pretty quick. I, I did one of them with Caesar, and I think it took me 45 minutes to an hour to get through the entire campaign. Oh, that's awesome. So it's nice. It's short. It's a good way to play the game in spurts. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely like that. Yeah. One of my issues... I mean, I don't even know if I could... Oh, we'll get to issues later. Too. As an issue. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about issues later. Um, I really like... I don't know what else I can say about the game. I I love the animations. I did have to end up turning them off like you did. Yeah, it just it just takes too long. It takes too long, but they are so cute. And they are. The game, like, I don't know. Just There's so many little quality of life things in the game that I, like, I just really like. Yeah. And then there's, there is this feeling that you get when you're playing the game and you, like, get it and you're like, I'm gonna win this. I know exactly what I need to do. Yeah. And you do it and it all works out and you're like, I feel so good about myself right now. Yeah. Like, um, oh, what mission was it? I think it was, like, the last, or either the last one of Act 2 or the first one of Act 3. And you're playing against the, um, the Frankenstein girl. Oh, Yes. And I lost twice, and the third time, I um, just played a little bit more, like, conservatively and, like, a little more carefully. And I, like, got the upper hand. It took me, like, a while, but I got the upper hand. I was like, ha! And I had, like, 30 troops, like, slowly going in. <laughs> and I got the commander down to, like, 10%, and I got the base down to 10%, because you can win either by killing the commander. You can win by either killing the commander or taking the base. Yes. And I got them both down to like 2%. I was like, ha! Nice. Just try to take this from me now. Yeah. I will say this also. The multiple win conditions that are... Like, they're very different from one another. I mean, obviously, they're both, you know, kill the thing. Right. But the amount of times where I've been like, okay, I have two horsemen, two alchemists, and a trebuchet, which are like slowly sneaking through the back while my forces are slowly losing. <laughs> and just being like, I'm just going to kill the, their base in one turn. Like, let's just do this. I really like that option. And yeah. then also the missions were like, you know, Sedge is like, I'm going to get all up in your face. And I was like, great. I have 40 units. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I have a couple issues with the game. I really enjoy the game. I really like what it has. And the amount of, I will say this, the amount of secrets this game has is actually impressive because I didn't know about really? any of them. But with all this in mind, I have, I, I, have, say, I have a couple issues. A couple with issues too. with everything. First issue. In some of the later missions, once you get access to making flying units regularly, there is a problem that the AI has a, has an issue with, and that is not knowing where to retreat. I would say make three or four missions in the game, I backed up the commander against a wall and had three harpies surrounding him, and oh all God. I did, I just put my commander, I ran her back to the base, I just sat there, hitting him, hitting him, hitting him. It was like 4%, That's but he amazing. can't move, he can't attack. And I will say, like, I understand why flying units needed to be, like, they needed to be powerful, because you need to spend a lot of money on them. But they also needed to be evasive, so they wouldn't just die They're a minutes. little too good. I feel like they're just, yeah, they're a little too good. There's, like, if I could buy any unit in the game, there is no reason not to buy a dragon. Because yeah. the dragons are so strong. The only thing they're not good at is killing flying units. And, like, as a rule, once you have access to alchemists, you should always have at least, like, three Oh, my God. Alchemists are also too good. Yeah. Like, they're effective against, like, basically everything. Yeah. I mean, they're they're fine against other land units, but your flying units do well against your land units. Your archers hit land units and flying units. And, I mean, honestly, like, when you use a horseman, if your opponent doesn't have a pikeman, you're going to just run them over with a horseman. Mm -hmm. So, why wouldn't you just always make an alchemist? Because they heal. They attack in the air. They're pretty defensive. They do best when sitting in defensive territory. Yep. They're so good. They're really good. But yeah, I felt kind of bad when I was like cheesing at once when I had an enemy just sitting there. It was pretty early on in the mission. Just like, I'm going to keep throwing units in front of everyone <laughs> else so they just keep slaughtering them mm -hmm. while my harpies just beat the crap out of the commander until he dies and I win. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, um... I, I haven't encountered that yet because I, I'm still on the first mission that you get. The flying units. The flying units. And I've noticed they're pretty good, but in this level particularly at least, they're really good with putting a bunch of ground units and then putting one alchemist in each group of units that shows up. Because I'm like, ooh, I can't do that. Yep. Because also the harpies suck against alchemists. Like, you can't oh, even yeah. fight back. <laughs> yeah, a harpy just dies in one hit to an alchemist pretty much. Like, no, no matter, matter what, what health you have, they die. 
Um, sometimes I feel like the maps are too big. Agreed. And it like it looks cool when the maps are so big, and like you're fighting on this huge, massive battlefield. But at the same time, you move so slowly. I feel. Well, have you like grand scheme of things, or like are you holding down B to make your guys move faster? No, I mean like <laughs> in. Turn one, I can only move four spaces. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I get that. Like, I'm, it takes me so long to get That somewhere. is one of the reasons I like arcade mode so much, because I love the maps Right, are exactly, exactly. And it's like, the matches, if they just made the maps a little smaller, they would go so much faster. Yeah. And I will say this, it's also, it's good and bad. Have you been playing on TV mode or handheld mode? Both. You So you know then how when you switch to handheld mode, they make the map a lot more zoomed in so you can see better what's going on but then it's also like when a mission starts you're like what is going on hold on Let right spend yeah 15 minutes figuring out I, how the map works i like playing in tv i think i don't know i like playing in handheld mode more because the game almost feels like it should be a handheld game yeah but i like playing in tv mode more because i can see what's going on because a lot of the time when i'm playing in handheld mode i'll do something and like I'll move a harpy, and I'll forget, like, two spaces off screen, there's an alchemist that's coming to screw my day up. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Yeah, I like being closer, but I wish, like, in handheld mode, it gave you the option, at least, to go into, like, TV mode or, like, a pseudo-TV mode, just to be able to look at the map and, like, have a better understanding. Because I honestly didn't know that was a thing. Like, three days ago, I plugged it into my dock for the first time and played Wargroove on the television. I was like, whoa, I can see things what is this i was like i was actually like kind of confused oh my god no i i do like that um one thing i noticed i'm not i'm not incredibly proud of this but i did notice a way to cheese the game where i i do wish there was like maybe a once per game remat or replay feature where you just replay one turn yeah and just do it a little differently but if you screw something up you can just turn the game off because it auto-saves after every turn. <laughs> like, I did not know that. I did something and I moved Mercia incorrectly and I was like, I did not mean to do that at all. And I just, like, I was frustrated at that point so I just turned the game off because it was also like 11 o'clock at night and then and I accidentally closed the game entirely. I didn't mean to, but I Accidentally did. with air quotes. No, really. <laughs> and then the next day I turned it back on I'm like, I'm going to have to restart the whole mission but it, it saves. Reset to right before I made the mistake. I was like, oh my god, I've made an incredible discovery. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I feel really bad doing it, but on the other hand, I'm like, that's useful. <laughs> it is. Yeah. This is this is the one thing I will say. And this is something that so like I said, I've I've I'm gonna put air quotes around I've beaten the campaign, and I'm gonna explain that in more detail, but I have beaten the whole game. And I really enjoyed what I played. However, one thing I think, Matt, you could talk about this. There are different, there are definitely like two different mission types in the game. There are the, I'm going to make the units and capture the bases and fight the guys. And then there are the, hey, we're going to pretend to be Fire Emblem for this mission and say, here are the guys you got. You can't make any more. Yep. I hate those missions. I hate them so much. Because to me, too. it takes everything that makes this game fun and unique and different than Fire Emblem and just says, oh, we're going to get rid of that so it's bad Fire Emblem. Right, like, I, I like that feature a lot that you can make. Like, that's that's the game. You know, that's part of the game. Yeah. I feel like it's a cool tactics. I got to control these areas and, and learn, like, when to strike because units are going to die all the time. Just and you can't do that when you're playing Fire Emblem mode, so as I called it. Two things. First of all, I think that Fire Emblem is a lot more fleshed out in its RPG mechanics. Oh, definitely. That helps just the fact that Fire Emblem is played like that, like, with a limited amount of units that much better mm -hmm. and second the effectiveness charts in fire Emblem are just so much easier to like grasp and know yes. i can do this and i can't do that because i really wasn't paying attention to effectiveness and vulnerability in wargroove for a while which was screwing me up as it would oh yeah but it's just like i think the way they do it is so hard to like understand because because every unit just has their thing that makes it's them just, feel critical. No, because like when you look at it, when you look at it on the in the menu, oh, in the strip at the bottom, you have just the faces of the characters, and I'm like, they all look so similar. I, I literally can't tell which one yes. that is. You know what I, I mean? I will say this. I was gonna, I'm gonna jump ahead for a little bit just so you know, um, some of the quality of life updates that are coming to the game. I think next week, one of them is once per match, just save, and you can come back to that checkpoint. Oh anytime. my god. 
also cleaning up that mini map so you can actually see what enemies are good and bad against. That's beautiful. Because, like, they, and what's frustrating is they even have icons, like, in the shop. Like, the knight, when you're playing is Mercia, has, um, it's called the knight, but then it's also a horseman because every leader or every faction has a different name for the knight. Yeah. And it's, so it's called horseman. And then there's a little logo next to the horseman of what it looks like. So I'm like, just use that. I know what that is. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, one other thing you might appreciate, they have a just speed up the movement option. Everyone just moves God. faster. Please, God. <laughs> I'm bummed I'm not going to be able to enjoy these features. I'm like, And usually I'm a patient person, unlike you. But I have no patience with this game. But listen, I'm I'm like, pretty, let's go. when it comes to turn-based RPGs, that's like the most patient you're going to get, especially in a tactics game. I know. And I'm just like, this is taking too long. <laughs> but yeah, so these Fire Emblem missions, as I'm going to call them, are infuriating. Yeah. Especially some of the more difficult ones. Now, There's more of them. Oh, yeah. Matt, there are seven acts in the game. Every act has three stages, except for act seven has two stages and an epilogue. Okay. Act 6 has a really awesome mission in, in level uh, level 2. 1 and 2 are both good. Level 3 of Act 6 is one of those. And it's awful? And it's not awful, but it's pretty annoying. Act, Act 7, Stage 1, is the ultimate challenge. It is. You are playing against. You have land. You have sea. You have air units. It's a really good, fun, enjoyable, but difficult match Act 7, level 2 is one of those. It's the final level of the game, and it is one of those. And Matt, it's so annoying. <laughs> Matt, you have 8 units. There's 40 of your opponent. What? Yep. No, that's yes. impossible. It's not impossible. Oh my impossible. god, that's absurd. You're using more than one commander. Okay. But even then, the the. The enemy does something. I don't want to spoil it for you. They have something that makes it like... I was like, this is going to be really hard, but I think I can do it. And then the ultimate the uh, ultimate bad guy person used an attack. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> so I lost. And then I'm going to be completely honest with you, Matt. I said, I want to see the ending of this game. I went to the options, Manny. I'm going to take... Quintuple, quintuple my war groove grooves charges. Oh my god. I'm gonna take 20% damage, and <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna do this. And you know what, Matt? I still almost had someone oh die. Oh my god! <laughs> no, no, that was because I wasn't being careful. But like still, even saying this is gonna be the easiest way possible, you still have to actually like know how to play the game or else someone's gonna die. Well, that's good, I guess. It is. That's... That last bit. But the, Do you have to kill them all, or can you, you just have to just kill, kill the boss? Okay. But you're gonna kill them all because it's pretty much a straight shot. Gotcha. However, it was cool. The ending of the game was really cool. I liked the design of the last level. I just hated it because it wasn't the rest of the game, and I didn't like those levels to begin with. Mm -hmm. Once you beat that, though, like I hated that. Hated that level. So that's why I cheesed it. When you beat now, that, that's not the end, though. No, there's one level after it called the epilogue. But in order to unlock the epilogue. You need... You know how you get stars for beating levels? Oh my god, tell me I have to get three stars in every level. No, you need a hundred stars. That's not happening. So, the good thing is, is there's a lot of ways to get stars. So okay. in arcade mode, beating every everyone has easy, medium, hard. Easy gives you one, medium gives you two more, hard gives you two more. So if you beat it on hard, which is five. the difficulty that you're playing on in the regular game, you will get five stars. You get a hundred of them, you unlock the epilogue. The epilogue is like the last level, but worse. Oh my god, why would you want to? I haven't done it. I was like, <laughs> I'm not even doing that. I was like, let me see what it is. And it was like, again, really cool stuff happens. Some interesting things go on. Really awesome. No, that's not going to happen. Just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> I did. Well, I watched it in like time six speed because the battle takes forever. <laughs> Once you beat that, the game is over. And it's like, that's cool. I appreciated what they did here. There are a couple cool unlocks, um, my favorite of which is there's 200 stars in the game. If once you unlock 150 of them, if you go into Caesar's missions, there's four of them that are like side missions just for Caesar, there's an orb somewhere on each of those maps. If once you have 150 stars, you go to the orb, have Caesar talk to it, and win on all four, you unlock a secret character who 
is kind of garbage because <laughs> Mike's like it's Sora from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it's not God. Can you imagine? I'd do it. You would. I know you would. <laughs> but his special power is his war group attack is he goes fishing, and he throws his fishing line out, and he catches a fish. And there are 18 fish to collect. Once you've caught 17 of the fish, the 18th fish has the last star to get you 200 stars. So if you're playing on Steam, you can get your final achievement. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. It is. And it's great because he's not the only unlockable character, but he's bar none so much harder to get than the other characters to unlock. <laughs> so it's like, oh my god. Like, it's not even worth it at Like, that I point. appreciate it. It's like Bayonetta, where, like, you know in Bayonetta 2, if you get all the stuff... You can unlock Jean, but if you do everything, you get, like, this weird skeleton man with a big pack on his back with a crown, and he mm. sucks. Like, he's awful to play as, but it's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's the kind of secret I like, especially with a game like this that does have multiplayer, and you can, like, choose your commanders. I'm like, I'm happy that the super hard commander isn't broken. He's just, he's broken in the wrong way. Right. But, you know, other otherwise, overall, I think this game is really, really, really good. Oh, yeah. But... I will say the campaign would have been a lot more enjoyable if they took out those, I'm going to call them again, the Fire Emblem missions. Because I, like, I mean, I just did, I think it was the first one in, no, I don't think it was actually. I just did the one in Act 3 where you play as Old Man Cherry Stone. (laughs) Old Man Cherry Stone. (laughs) And you walk around the marsh. Yeah, and you had and to that took me like three tries. I was like, oh, this is hard. Yeah, that, that level's hard, and that's one of the first ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is... They're just, they're difficult like every other part of the game, but they're difficult in such a different way that makes me, like, kind of about them. Right. But still, overall, a good experience. Yeah, I would say so, too. I think it's worth $20. I, if it was 60 bucks, I'd be a little more hesitant, I'm going to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. $20, I think, is, like, the perfect price for a game like this. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. The customization in the like the level editors and stuff is really cool i was looking online at a couple levels that other people made i played a caesar petting dating sim campaign which was up there so it was like caesar running around trying to find people who want to pet him i was like that was like it took like five minutes to do but i was like this is actually kind of cute that's adorable um and seeing some of the other levels people made they're really interesting i think another one that i liked was a guy who made it's three like strips in a map and you have one shared income and three commanders and you have to like allocate your income between the three of them in three different battlefields i was like that's really cool i like that i um i think my favorite part of the whole game is how everyone always describes caesar as a wonderful majestic very very good boy he's the best boy (laughs) he doesn't he's so good he doesn't even have to fight that was like, like my favorite thing. When the first time I, I used the mission, the season mission, I was like, oh, sweet, I'm going to use Caesar. I can't wait to watch him, like, rip somebody apart. Nope. He's just going to wag his tail. You know what I highly appreciate? Mm. Is that whenever dogs are in combat, they don't die. They just run yep, away. Yeah, they run away. I'm like, thank you, game. Thank even, you. Even when they're, like, undead dogs or, like, the weird quagmuts, they they're like, away. nope, we're not going to die. Dogs aren't allowed to die. They're not allowed. All right, we've talked about this for about 30 minutes now. So, yeah, um, well, well, it's a good game. Uh, yeah, in the I'm meantime, halfway through. I think it's a good game. Just so, just so you guys know, next week I'm going to talk about Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate because that's what I've been playing now. It's okay. fun. <laughs> okay. Matt, indie news. Yes, there's a bit. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the first one. It makes me sad. Uh-oh. Uh, Chucklefish, not Chucklefish, sorry. Yacht Club has come out to say that... Uh, Shovel Knight King of Cards is going to be delayed. Oh, yeah. Originally, the game was supposed to come out in April, uh, mid-April. I think it was April 19th. Mm-hmm. And that has been moved tentatively to another time. Yeah, and the Amiibo were pushed far back. When were they pushed back? Like, October, I think? Oh, gosh. So, Shovel Knight got delayed to some period of time. So, it originally was supposed to come out in April. Now it's coming out, I think, in summer, fall-ish. Hopefully. And yeah, the Amiibos got pushed back, which makes me upset because I was really excited about those Amiibo. I pre-ordered those Amiibo, I think, I think it was June or July? A long time ago. Of 2017, like a long time ago. The joke that I always make to people is that I don't pre-order anything from GameStop anymore because I'm always worried that like, I don't know, they might just go out of business. Who knows? But they can't go out of business before I get my Amiibo. (laughs) Yeah, come Yacht Club Games wanted to make sure that everything can be released, quote-unquote, for a polished and complete finale. 
The Amiibo were delayed because the update providing Amiibo support is connected to the upcoming Shovel Knight King of Cards campaign. Yeah, and I get that. I imagine they'll come out at similar times, especially because King of Cards is a free update for every version of Shovel Knight. Well, I mean, they will come out together for sure. Yeah, but I'm just very excited because I really want I want my King Knight Amiibo. Like, that's just, that's a deep cut, and I yeah, like it. that's cool. Uh, it's a bummer, but at the same time, I think it's good. It's the last game, part of the game they're making. I don't know what Yacht Club's going to do with themselves once they finish Shovel Knight, but I'm excited. Make Shovel Knight 2, obviously. Let's they did real. that. Shovel Knight 2, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. What? If they make another Shovel Knight game, I would rather them just make another Plague Knight game. Plague Knight, Plague of Shadows was the, well, not Plague Knight, not Plague Knight, sorry. You mean the first one? No, no, I don't. I mean the second one. This was the, that was the second one. Plague this Knight was. This the, is the second one. This is the first one. No, the first one that came out was Plague Knight. Specter Knight. The second. Oh, you're right. You're Spectre right. Specter Knight. Oh, God, I, why can't I remember? Specter Knight's level with like all the grinding and the like, wall running and all that stuff. That was the best part of Shovel Knight. Like I loved Shovel Knight, but playing Specter of Torment was so much fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, King Knight will be fun. It has cards in it. Yeah, it does. It does have cards. in it's it. Like it's like Slay the Spire. It just like gets my mouth watering a little bit, like just <laughs> instinctively. Uh huh. Um. One other delay that happened, I know Matt's really, really bummed about this, um, but they showed the thing from the indie spotlight that said spring 2019 and that damn goose came over and took the spring and dragged it away. And he said, I guess it's coming out later 2019. I don't care. I know you don't. That's why I made it the joke. Uh, I don't really care either, but I, you know, it's something, it's, it was a, it was a forerunner of that indie spotlight. So I figured we should bring it up. We should talk about it. I don't really care. I mean, it's delayed. Yeah. It's bummed, but it'll come out. Yeah. Being made better. Besides, it gives us more time on March 13th, 14th, to play the hit, awesome indie game that Matt's going to play through because I'm going to buy it for him. Baba is you. I'm not going to enjoy myself. But you're going to play it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not going to have a good time, though. It's okay. You can try your best. Uh, The last bit of news I want to bring up before Matt does his side is... A great indie game that I was making fun of Matt for a long time. Just being like, why did you buy this game? It's like one of those cheap eShop games that doesn't matter. Like, why would you buy it? Which one? But then I tried and I said, oh, this is actually a lot of fun. Oh, is it Astro Bears? Yeah, it's Astro Bears. Astro Bears Party is becoming just Astro Bears. It is a free update for owners of the game. It comes with four new characters, a couple new modes... And some other cool, like, goodies and stuff like that. But they're basically like, making it into a full game. That's going to be $7. It's going to be called Astro-, $7? Astro Bears. Now, that's funny because the game can usually be found for 50 cents. But if you own Astro Bears Party, it automatically just, like, evolves into Astro Bears for free. Yo! So you're going to get all this extra stuff. I also own this game. If you don't own this game, spend, like, I think the maximum it ever is is, like, $2. Yeah. Buy it now. Because getting the extra content and stuff is good, and it's a $7 game. And honestly, it's worth it, it's not worth $7 as it is, but with extra stuff, yeah, sure. I think it'd be worth 7 bucks. Oh, it's a fun so little cool. party game. I'm so excited now. Yeah, we get to play more Astro Bears. I love Astro Bears. Yeah. It's the only game that company has made that's, like, respectable. <laughs> and they oh, know. Oh, God. It. Yeah, they, they know. They know it, too. I'm not lying. They're not lying to us. Um, but anyway, yes, I do have I have a couple couple little things for indie news, and then yes. we can move on to the the other stuff. Uh, Darkest Dungeon Two was announced. Yeah, I saw that. You don't care, I know. Well, I'm I'm hopeful. I I think Darkest Dungeon One had a lot of potential. You're the only person I know who wasn't crazy about Darkest Dungeon. I don't know what it was about it, man. I just couldn't get into well, it. You, like internet included, you're the only person I've ever heard with a, like a negative review of Darkest Dungeon. I think it's just like for most people. I, I don't know if this is just a me thing, but, like, for most people, this kind of game, like, the people who wouldn't enjoy this game probably wouldn't pick it up. I'm in this weird cross-section of, like, I'm gonna buy this game, I'm excited, but then it also wasn't for me. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm excited know. to see what this sequel does, because I felt like the first one was just a little bit too rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first one. We don't have a release date yet. Second one... There's a big boy rumor, or not rumor, there's a big boy update coming to um, uh, Dead Cells. Oh, yeah? There's a, a massive, massive update. Well, that's cool. And they're taking a ton of things into account that um, players have requested. 
in other things. So they're making multiple difficulties. Oh, cool. So there's um, a new difficulty that'll be a bit easier than the regular one. They're keeping the regular difficulty, and there'll be a harder difficulty. Fun. And so I'm like, whoa. And um, there's more things like, basically, um, you can get mutations in the game. Yeah. Where you can um, just, they're basically like permanent upgrades to your character for your run. For just that run. Mm -hmm. Um, So like one gives you 30% extra health. One gives you um, a smaller cooldown time for your grenades. And stuff like that. Yeah. And so they're totally reworking them all. They didn't say how exactly. But they're all getting changed. So they're all getting changed. Um, basically, every weapon in the game is getting redone. Um, there are several artifacts in the game that reduce the damage that you take. And based off of uh, player feedback, players don't like that. And they said, okay, so we're going to remove that. Ooh. You will not be able to get reduced damage given to you. But... As a compensation, you will be able to do more damage. Okay. So when you pick up those... So, like, I get them all the time. There's, like, these little, like, necklace crystals that you get that either do, um... You have an extra 10% defense or an extra 20% defense. Instead, you'll have an extra 10 or an extra 20% attack. Oh, cool. Which is cool. Um, there's a bunch of other things. So there's this, um, mob auto-scaling mechanic in the game that basically kind of adapts it... Adapts the amount of enemies compared to how powerful you are. Oh, okay, so it, like, ramps up if it knows you're doing that. Right, and P, uh, so what they're doing is they're taking that out entirely. Interesting. 100%. And now they're saying, this level is this hard. This level is this hard. And that's just the way it is. So be ready when you get to this level. Or you might be really good at this level. Interesting. I kind of like that. I mean, that's more traditional. Right, they're, they're doing all of these things because players have been, have been voicing things. Cool. And I just think that's so cool. There's uh, There are a ton of things like that. Um, like there, there's just a massive and this is on their massive website? update. Yeah, it's all on their up their website. Um, the patch notes I'm sure will have everything. It's gonna be a free update. Sweet. Do we have a release date for the update? I don't know, man. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> soon. Soon. Okay. Soon. That's good. I can go. With yeah. Soon. No, it's huge. It's so huge. Sweet. Like, like, just like, look at how big these notes are. Oh, I see the little thing on the bottom. Yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah, it's huge. Sweet. Well, that's cool. So I'm very excited to try that game again once that happens. Sweet. Um, When did it happen? Oh, it already happened. It's already out. Oh, awesome. Even better. It's out right now. There you go. Go play. Go play it. Anything else you have, Matt? Or you want to move Not to for main indie news? news. All right, main news. I have two things, and they're both related to Pokemon. Oh, we're going to start with Pokemon? I figured. So okay. the first one is um, just real fast for Pokemon Go players. Right now, you can buy a thing that lets you switch teams. Switch to Team Instinct. That's all. Uh, Lottie S has come back. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't. Uh, so was that just for the weekend or for? So for this week. So by the time you listen to this, it will have already happened. But this weekend, Lottie S will be joining Palkia in level five raids. Sweet. I need to do that. I don't have Lottie S. I don't have Lottie S either. I have six Latios. Oh, sweet. Lottie S came out at the time where like I stopped playing the game because finals. Yeah. And that was like that was the last time I was on a college campus. So that was the last time I could really. Play a ton of raids, uh-huh. so that I never got Latias. Okay, well we gotta get Latias. Hopefully, you guys got Latias this weekend. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, let's go Pikachu and Eevee. Two things. One thing we didn't talk about last week is that it does have a demo right Mike's now. Like, I realized it's not good. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, you be nice. Continue. It's got a demo. Yeah, it's got really a demo. Cool. Viridian Forest. Go check it out. But even more egregious is Best Buy what best buy right now now has an offer that if you buy let's go pikachu and let's go oh i know you can get a free steel book with your purchase of the game i'm so annoyed i was like if you remember on this very podcast we were talking about how the japanese store not 7-eleven like our 7-eleven but japanese 7-eleven was saying buy let's go pikachu and eevee from us and we have a steel book and it was really pretty and i was like gosh that's so cool and it's such a bummer we'll never get that and now it's the Best Buy. Now it's Best Buy. Four months after the game came out. I like. I don't understand why that's happening. I don't either. You know. You know what else I don't get mm. is they're like, let's put this Pokemon Let's Go demo out now, like while the Gen Eight announcement is imminent. Oh yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Gen Eight announcements, like, it sure sounds like it's gonna be. Imagine, wouldn't it be this time next week? 
Uh, no, it'll be Tuesday next week. Tuesday, Tuesday next or week. Wednesday. Well, so there's a couple rumors out there, and I guess that's the next thing. We're gonna yeah, we'll talk about it. Gen eight rumor. Um, so there's a couple things. So have you seen the whole mug thing? No, I have not. So there's this guy called Mug on Twitter. Okay. And he's relatively new. It looks like he doesn't have a ton of tweets, but um, last month in January he tweeted direct next month, February 11th he tweeted Fire Emblem, Mario Maker, 2D Zelda, Platinum Games, Star Fox. He tweeted all these things that were like all of them. Every single one of them was in the direct. He just said Star Fox. Yeah. Was Star Fox in the direct? Well, technically. Where? In Starland. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I, I'm forgetting the direct already. <laughs> Ignore me. Continue. Um, so he like he got everything right. He just did it a little cryptically. Yeah. But he got it all right, and then he said Pokemon like very soon. And so that, on top of all these other crazy things yeah. that are happening. That, now, you, uh, you've got some pretty like set-in-stone evidence, but there's some crazier evidence. Have you seen the Weedle picture? No. So Masuda tweeted this picture of a Weedle, right? In Pokemon Go, like a, like a, a the profile page of, of like, a Weedle, right? Now the CP of the Weedle, oh god, is Vespaquen's Pokedex number. The weight, uh, the weight of the Weedle is Slow King's Pokedex number. And one of the biggest rumors is that the games are going to be called Pokemon King and Queen. And. Oh my god. You know what the best part is? Is if this is right. Right? But no, like, because Masuda tweeted, everyone's like, come on! And then there's another one. There's another number on there that is Nidorino's, and he evolves into Nidoro King. King. And everyone's like, oh my god. And the candy amount is like 226 candy, so they're like, February 26th is the announcement. Oh my god. If this is all true... (laughs) The worst part is, is, like, this kind of stuff is never true, but if this is true just once, oh my god, we'll never hear the end of it ever, 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 ever again. One second. You're pulling it up. Okay, the other thing I want to bring up, also Twitter-related, and I sent this to Matt, is how um, Pokemon's official Twitter said, you know, why don't you visit Kanto? And it talked about all the cool things you could do in Kanto. It had, like, clips from the anime and clips from the games. And that was eight days before the assumed announcement of Jenny Pokemon. And then and today, today they, had... they posted Visit Johto. And I was like, hmm. I sent it to Matt. I was like, what's going on here? It just seemed awfully suspicious. Oh, this it it's is. literally just the Weedle. But like, why or, else would oh, he yeah, post maybe it? it's the other way around. So Vespaquin's there and Nitto or Slacking is there. 226. And now someone did some crazy like division on the Stardust. Okay. And they got like April something, and they're like, "That's the gameplay review." <laughs> and oh my god! Like, did all this crazy stuff, and like every no- they're saying like every number in here means something. I would because have to believe that if he any number... also this like this is his tweet. He also blurred out a little bit of it. Yeah, I just feel like if anything though, the Stardust is the one thing that doesn't mean anything because that's the one that's not easy manipulatable, right? Right. Like, even though he's Masuda, like I feel like he doesn't get to add free stardust to his account right? no but i mean i also wouldn't be surprised if he had two million stardust i wouldn't either i i believe that's just him having two million stardust right oh my god this is crazy well the best part is, is i really like i want this to be real so freaking bad me too me too uh that's that's all the news i have i just obviously pokemon now here's, are coming here's the thing okay i don't think the question is are we getting a gen 8 release next week or announcement i mean it's when we are it's are they gonna announce anything else with it are you gonna bring up pokken 2 again i don't know maybe there it is i'm just saying pokken came with sun and moon remember it did it did i'm i'm not saying it's not coming so but I'm, I'm like i'm just saying listen or if they make pokken 2 it's the exact same game but they take out suicune I'd be okay with that. I would too. Game. We would just we would all pretend that, that Pokemon Two was the only game. There was never a Pokemon oh, One. Talking about? They started with two. <laughs> they started with two. There was never a Pokemon One. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that's all the Pokemon news. Yeah. Um, Do you have any other news before we go to our main discussion? Our our, our main discussion a is a bit of, of news. Other pieces of news. Oh, okay. I didn't have anything else that. So I first to. of all, there's a, a big old Xbox rumor. Oh. That Xbox is bringing their first party so a little more complicated that 
the Xbox has this thing called Game Pass. Oh yeah, which is and like it, their Netflix. Yes, and they're thinking about bringing it to the Switch. Interesting. Is the rumor. So you would be able to play those games on your Switch. God, via... I can finally play Sea of Thieves. So you know how. <laughs> You know how on, uh, or not on, in, in Japan, Japan, you can stream games. Stream games. Like, yeah. you can do that with Assassin's Creed, and you can do that with uh, Resident, Resident Evil 7. 7. Um, so, apparently, you'd be able to do that here. With, with Game Xbox, Pass. With first-party Xbox One games. Interesting. Or Microsoft games. So, like, imagine playing Halo on your Switch. That would be... That would be really cool. It would be cool. I don't know how many games there are that I would want to play, but exactly. having the option would be pretty cool. Well, and then there was the other part of that rumor was Ori in the Blind Forest port. Oh. To Switch. I'd believe that. I would die for that, yeah. Um, I would love Cuphead. That'd be also cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the X Cloud, all that all that X Cloud Game Pass stuff is rumored for Switch. Switch. And the last thing which we should just bring up is that earlier today it oh, was Oh, we'll bring it up at the end. We'll bring it up at the end. I want to. I want to dedicate some time to that. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the main discussion. So the main discussion was actually off a bit of news, which is saying that a it was a leaker, right? Who was saying this? That a long believed dead, canceled game is being revived for Nintendo Switch. Now a bunch of people were claiming this was scale bound by Platinum Games, which was an Xbox exclusive that never came out. But me and Matt decided that this week. We were going to have two games each that were canceled and disappeared that we are going to say, we believe these games should be the ones that are coming out so, instead. So, wait, now before we do that, I, I want to talk about Scalebound for a brief second. Sure. I don't know what it is. I just know you it has You don't know anything it. about Scalebound? No. Okay. So, Scalebound was a game for Xbox One. That never came out. That never came out. Uh, it was about a boy from modern times. Okay. Like, from our world who was warped into this fantasy world where he was, like, linked to, like, Aragon-style to a dragon. Okay. And, um, you would, like, tell the dragon what to do, like, attack this, defend this, like, stuff like that. You would issue commands to the dragon, but you would also fight. Okay. And, um, that would be the game, and it was put on Microsoft console, or it was put on Xbox One. It was in development there. And Microsoft... Platinum Games and the game's creative director didn't want this, but Microsoft was like, you're going to put a multiplayer version in there. Ew. And the um, the dragon was highly customizable because the dragon was like the main yeah. aspect of the game. Drew, the player character, was not. So it looked kind of weird. Like you had four of the same human. You with had four, four different with dragons. Four dragons. It, it just looked weird. And so like the when the game was originally announced, it looked done. Like, the way the game looked was beautiful. Yeah. And then it was announced that it was canceled, and everyone was shocked. Uh-huh. And slowly the information got out that just technically it wasn't it wasn't up. It wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. And I think that was especially the multiplayer. Yeah. Well, I imagine I I rendering all of that all, times like, four is Exactly. Rough. That's hard. And also just technically keeping track of four dragon players physics. issuing commands to dragons doing dragon physics. Yeah. It's, it's a whole big thing. But... It goes a little further back to than that. There's more to the story, which is originally the creative director of this game, whose name I can't remember, had this idea for this game long before that. And he had in development a game for the Wii where you played as a little girl and you issued commands to a dinosaur. Yeah. And you would control the dinosaur. And it was originally on the Wii. Right. But the issue was he was afraid that the player might want to fight. So that's why they scrapped the idea and they redid it and it was like, People like dragons more than dinosaurs anyway, right? Yeah. So then they made it scale-bound instead. That's cool. So the it, the big theory is because Platinum Games, Nintendo's relationship. Yep. Platinum, the that. Nintendo's relationship of saying, hey, they don't want to fund you? Here, take our money. Just make yeah, it an exclusive. Exactly. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, uh, another one of those big things, which is why scale-bound was so surprising, was Platinum Games was, like, on death's door at the time. Yeah. And people thought that game was going to save them, and it didn't. And then... Uh, Nier Automata ended up saving them. Are they up near? Platinum is Nier Automata? Yep. Wow. That, when is that game coming to the Switch? Come on. That game's amazing. I really want to play so it. so good. I listen, mean, listen. I have a PlayStation. Is that game on PlayStation? It is, right? It was originally a timed exclusive for PlayStation. Yeah, and I know it's coming out right now, like in a couple weeks or something for Xbox. I don't know if it did already. I don't know. I don't follow. But, God, I want that game on my Switch. That game is so good. I've heard so many good things. I'm like, I just want to play it. I love that game. Right, Rob? 
I got a thumbs up from yeah, Rob. yeah, that game that you borrowed and you played like the first level of. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's oh he's sassing yeah. him. Do your sassing off podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I, I from what I've heard, generally speaking, the idea seems plausible, but the game as it was doesn't because it was like super super technically, like like tech speaking wasn't supposed to be like you don't think it would be able to run on Switch. Yeah, I mean it is the most powerful console, right? It right, the Xbox on. is the most powerful console, and the Xbox is having trouble. But. Yeah. Also, if four <laughs> Microsoft isn't there, then multiplayer isn't going to be an issue. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like Nintendo's not going to be as up on them for the the multiplayer. They no, want they won't be. Um. Anyway, that's that's the scale bound thing. So that's the story. Do you want to go first? Sure, I'd love to. So my first game, I just imagine it. We're in a destroyed version of New York City in the future, okay? And we hear a guy talking about how. You know, evil was striking, but we were, but you weren't ready. You weren't complete yet. And we keep going in. We see these, like, dark corridors. And all the way down, we go into a lab. And there's, like, all these really pretty, like, neon green lights and everything everywhere. And there's a guy <clears throat> working in this, working on a test tube that's, like, way too small for a person to be, like, comfortable in. in. And then he drains all the stuff. And a guy sits up. And he's, like, an android, Okay. And the guy looks at him, and the android looks back, and he's like, oh, you're not complete yet. And he points to the wall, and on the wall, there's a massive hammer. I know Project you stole hammer my game! It's coming to the Switch! You took my game, and I'm mad. Now e- I gotta think of another one really E3 quickly. 2006 is coming back in a major oh, way. I'm so upset right now. I was so excited for Project Hammer. Okay, and I know it's really stupid to be excited about Project Hammer, but I was so excited about Project Hammer. So, for those who don't know, Project Hammer was announced at E3 2005 or 2006. I'm not sure which one. And basically, it was a it was a beat-em-up on the Wii where the whole concept was you were swinging around a massive hammer. What an idea. The the, the thing is, it was all motion control, so you had to, like, swing and, like, have that heavy, you know, oomph to your throws and stuff like that. Long story short, creative differences and issues with money and funding and switching directors and stuff like that caused the game to become canceled. And it's one of the, I think it's one of the only major Nintendo releases that got far in development and then got canceled. So it's one that people know, especially from the Wii days. And I think reviving it as just like a really interesting beat em up, like styled like. I mean, even I'm playing, like, I'm playing Monster Hunter right now, and I'm using a heavy weapon. Or, like, how Dark Souls have to use, like, these long swords with, like, that, like, take a while to use. Having a whole game built around, you know, maybe an- the android can, you know, he can punch and kick and stuff like that. Those are the quick attacks. But, like, the main way you interact with the world and you interact with enemies and, like, fight bosses is all with this massive, customizable hammer. And, I mean, the idea was cool then. Think about how much more they could do with that game now. Do you oh, know what yeah. I mean? I just imagine a world with, like, massive destructible environments. Right, yeah. And just, like, almost like Darksiders in the way that, like, the puzzles are... Like, they're not, like, simple puzzles in the sense of, like, oh, look, there's a thing. I have to hit the thing. You know? It's, like, you need to knock down the building, and then knocking down the building makes the bridge. Like, non-traditional puzzle right, style. exactly. Now, I mean, I you probably wouldn't know this game or at least didn't play this game but the original transformers movie had a video game on the playstation 2 okay and the most fun part was you had a massive city and you could just run around and destroy the whole <laughs> thing oh there it is there's our profanity oh the shoot i didn't even realize <laughs> anyway it was really fun to just blow sh- things up it is i mean i mean base and also think about it think about it let's just back this up for a second you know how nintendo likes integrating other things Labo robot support Boom. for Project Hammer. Boom. Let's do it. That or maybe I can cool. maybe I can maybe I can control on a motorcycle. I don't know. <laughs> Alright. I was gonna save this one for last, but uh Mike stole my game and now I'm scrapping to find another one. It's alright, so, we can just do three. It's the fine. first one I'm gonna bring up is there's a second part to this rumor. Okay. Okay. And the second part of this rumor was in the same interview with the guy who said that the game was a, a dead the, franchise the coming game back. is coming back. He also said Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 were being ported to Switch. Okay. Now there are two predominant. No, okay. So 
Oh, My no. way of thinking is, oh, wouldn't no. it make sense if this rumor about a Square Enix game had another Square Enix game attached to it? You don't even know what I'm going to say yet. Yeah, he said Kingdom Hearts. I'm already out the door. So, I'm just saying it would make perfect sense if a Square Enix game was also the canceled game coming back because he already had a rumor about Other Square Kingdom Enix Hearts. Game. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, like okay, a correlation I'm, I'm following. Now, there's two Kingdom Hearts games... That have been cancelled in the past. One of them is called Kingdom Hearts Fragmented Keys, which got pretty far into development for mobile games, and then was scrapped and they made a different one called Unchained Key. Blah blah blah. The other one, which is much more important, was a Dissidia like you know Dissidia? Yes. So Dissidia Kingdom Hearts. A Dissidia like Kingdom Hearts. And now that game was in the creative stages and then it stopped. A lot of people are like, oh, it's because Disney never would have allowed them to use their characters in violent situations. Yeah, Goofy fucking dies in Kingdom Hearts 2, so argue that statement. There it is again. <laughs> Profanity round two. Anyway, I'm just saying, if Disney had a problem with the violence, they wouldn't have let Kingdom Hearts happen to begin with. That's so true. So that's not it. Yeah. How crazy would it be if the Kingdom Hearts fighting game came to the Switch? Where would it land in the timeline? <laughs> it, I, I don't know. Because you know, you know the first thing anybody would say when they announce the game where's it land in the timeline where is it it's like they're, they're even worse than zelda fans like where's it land in the timeline i know i know <laughs> okay i can roll but with that. anyway i'm just saying how cool would that be that is kind of cool and i like it's only a matter of time before a kingdom hearts game like a new kingdom hearts game comes to the switch you know i, I, I mean? wouldn't be surprised like, there's no way that's not gonna happen oh yeah okay the last game that we're gonna talk about and this is one that i want to talk about because i stole matt's first one and i'm sorry Yes, yeah, screw this one this one this is this is some really crazy stuff so i'm gonna take you back matt to the 1990s when a developer for a nintendo was making a brand new revolutionary game for the n64 in a series that was already running and it was massive in scope it had really cool 3d elements and it was the first time this game had gone 3d and they were very excited but it was too ambitious so they had to cancel it However, they said, wait a minute, we can still make this game happen. We just need to bring back, you know, some of our lofty ideas. So what did they do, Matt? In Japan, they put Mother 3 on the GBA. Get out. No, no, no. Get the f*** out. Oh, there it is, number three. You get three. That's it. No, hear me out. Think about this, okay? So Mother 3 comes out in Japan, right? Everyone's always like, localize Mother 3, localize Mother 3. But because of the, the nature of the game, it, it, it could never come out, okay? Right. Between the music that's totally copyrighted that it uses, yep. the, the storyline, which is really dark, especially for a kid's game that looks so cute like this, and just the fact that I don't know how many people actually would want to buy Mother 3 in its current state in the States, like right now. I'm thinking they make the Mother 3 that they were trying to make 20 years ago 30 years ago because that game was the same similar story but it was all 3d and it was like a completely different experience we had the same you know mother mechanics in it but think about it when they remake it they can make it like they can keep the storyline but make it more i guess you could say age appropriate like make it a game that's rated t for teen or maybe m depending on the themes Yikes. and like have it be the dark sad but really in the in the end grand scheme of things uplifting story that mother three has but make it the way that the director originally imagined it to be mm -hmm. with this 3d elements the and and then also like twist some stuff around you know make it so make it so the game looks like something that came out in 2019 you know what i mean and having that brings everyone saying localized mother three to just shut up it brings a new version of the game so there isn't you know the issues of hey, you took out that music from the game that's in there and you can't have it just because of copyright and also lets them kind of re-rate the game. So they're like, hey, this game doesn't look like, you know, baby's first RPG and then you find out that, like, there's animal abuse in the game and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it, it's, a, it's a stupid idea. But I also said Project Hammer. So, like, how stupid that, could it be? I mean, that'd be pretty cool. That, I believe... Something like that, where, like, they remake Mother 3 in a completely new way that's more appropriate to what it actually is now is the only way we're ever going to get Mother 3 in the States. Yeah. So this is this is my hope. Mother 3 for the Switch. 
I hate that it came to that. You know what would be really funny, Mike? What? Is if this game turned out to be a F-Zero game. Oh. Now, oh. Oh, don't say that to me. That would be funny because that would also... You would have to realize that at one point it was a dead franchise and they had no plans of bringing back. Don't say that to <laughs> by me. By the very essence of, <laughs> of it the being... fact that it being the game. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it could have been. That was actually my my. I'm gonna be honest. My two other options that I was thinking about. My number three was the when they went to the uh, the Need for Speed guys mm. and said, "Make an F Zero game for us," and they said, "No, we can't do it." But I didn't feel like count. And then also the Paper Mario Four that eventually turned into Sticker Star, but that game did come out, so that didn't count. Yeah, differently. Anyway, that's uh that is our low key main discussion. Yeah. Of those games, it was just a little fun. Yeah, Matt. We usually have a fun fact at the end of the episode where usually you butcher it and I'm sad. But instead, we're going to be sad about something different. And Matt, we talked about, we started talking about this earlier. Do you want to, I mean, the news is old oh, by the time you're right, hearing yeah, this. The but movie, news is definitely old by now, but Reggie Fisame is retiring. Yeah. And that's very sad to us. It's amazing. Like him. It's amazing to me that I care so much about an executive in a company I don't even work for. <laughs> so much that he's retiring and i'm like that's so sad because he's just like i don't know it's like if someone said mario isn't gonna make any games anymore do you know what i mean yeah it's like, like it's almost like that and it's it's good because you know what yeah reggie's been working there for what 15 years he's Something 50 like that. he's 58 15, years old for the first time ever like once the when the diablo 3 trailer came out this is the first time ever, i was like oh my gosh reggie's losing his hair yeah and i was like you know what He's been doing a really, really badass job. I'm happy that he can still, you know, go and enjoy it, but then also, like, leave on his own terms. Right. But it's also sad to think, this is one of the last times we've seen the Game Awards, when he announced Joker, that was, like, probably the last time we were going to see him in a Nintendo event. Well, hopefully there'll be, like, one more thing. I hope one more thing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised there's... Now, I wouldn't be surprised there's one more direct. So Reggie could be like... Bye, everybody. See ya. Yeah. I want him to, I mean, he said in his little, like, goodbye video that his body is still Reggie. Ready. He said ready. Did he say ready? He well, he ready. did say ready. But I'm going to say his body was Reggie because his body was Reggie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's, he's just such a cool dude. Part of the reason I think I ended up where I am in my field doing it the way I want to do it is because I was like, listen, Reggie Fisa is a businessman, but you know what? He works for a video game company. He likes video games. Right. That's cool. I can say my lame business accounting thing and do it with something I like. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, uh, well, I'm going to miss seeing Reggie on directs and stuff like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Doug Bowser looks like kind of a goofball too. Like, I mean, first off, his name is Doug Bowser. Let's just, I mean, yeah. you know, that. But even more so, just you know, honestly, uh, you know the new the new blood's coming in, you know. Well, it's like it's sad, but it's not like he's dying. You know, yeah, what it's I mean? not like it's the end of the it's world. It's not like he's never going to tweet something again. Oh God, no. it's not like we're never ever going to hear from him again. Oh my God, I can't wait for the moment where like, oh my God, everyone's freaking out. Reggie retweeted the direct. Reggie's gonna be in the. Reggie's gonna be in the direct. Reggie's gonna be in the direct. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. Um. But I mean, I think it's important to look towards the future, also. Oh, of course. And I think I think it's bright if you look at what he's done for the company. He's not, he's never been someone who's like crazy in the spotlight, like Iowata was, obviously, or Reggie or um, Bill Trainer is his name. Who? Uh, Red hair. Who? He's in a lot of the directs. He does a lot of stuff with the Treehouse. Oh, he's the Treehouse guy. Yeah. Okay. Basically, Treehouse guy. Anyway, like. A lot. He's not. He's not as upfront like that. But he is the uh, vice president of marketing and sales. Yeah. For so he Nintendo knows. America. He knows the stuff. And that, that was Reggie's job before Reggie was promoted. Yeah. And honestly, right now, I think, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but like uh, Koizumi is kind of the new hotness. Yeah. You know, and I like seeing him in the directs. And mm-hmm. obviously, he's not. I mean, he's not the president of the company, but that's kind of okay that he's you know kind of taking the reins. And I'm sure Doug Bowser will eventually also be like doing stuff for. You know, not direct, yeah, I mean, but I'm other sure events. Do so. I'm sure he'll be there at E3. Like, Reggie's always there at E3. He's not yeah. very direct. He's at E3 all the time. Yeah. You know what my favorite my favorite Reggie memory is? What? Tell me your favorite Reggie memory. Is there was a direct during the Wii U era. Cause, so during the Wii U era, Reggie was always like, yeah, I don't care. I'll be in the direct. We'll do something stupid. <laughs> I don't care. There was a direct where um, there were donuts in the break room. Okay. And Bill Trainer ate all the donuts. 
and Reggie was like, who the f*** <laughs> ate my donut? That, that's number four. No, 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 you're off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were announcing things, but there was a B story to the direct of, the direct Reggie, trying of to get Reggie hunting down who ate his donuts. And he was like, what am I watching? Is that the one where the, the him tapping on his watch comes from? I think so. Because that is the greatest gift so I've ever seen funny. in my life. And it's like this man said, or like when he, um, my puppet body is ready. When they brought back Nintendo World Championships. Oh, and he did the montage where he was like, and I'm going to compete. And then he like, and you remember what they said? Of him doing everything. There was the other thing I saw today where they were posting. They were just like, they were just like, oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. Quick aside. Rob just came first and touched with 99. That's not it's the first boy. time he's done that. So. Second time. Okay. Thanks for ruining our emotional moment about yeah, Reggie. Thanks, Rob. Uh, Reggie, there was a joke, there's two jokes going around about why Reggie actually retired, and one of them is that, because he says, I'm going to be in the Nintendo World Championship, and they're like, Reggie, you can't do that. You work at Nintendo. This is why he's retiring. Or, the one from <laughs> Animal Crossing New Leaf, where he says, well, that's all the time we have. I'm going to go play Animal Crossing New Leaf on my Nintendo 3DS. He's leaving the company because he knows Animal Crossing Switch is coming out this year. Okay. He's got to play Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's just trying to make himself happy now. I am making myself happy. I was really sad. I was really <laughs> sad. But uh, yeah. yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Good so, luck, uh, Reggie, and all your future endeavors. Yeah. Of retirement. Enjoy retirement. I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. Listen, if I could retire at 58, I would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, I mean, I want him. Good for him. He can retire at 58. But yeah. But what can you do? Uh, anyway, that's our show. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at PinkGoldPeeps. You can email us, PinkGoldPeeps at gmail.com. You can also follow us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Both uh, episodes go up in both places every week, usually Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday, somewhere in that three-day block. Uh, if you want to hear about the guy who makes our music, that is Rick's Record, find him on SoundCloud. You can also... Uh, I'm forgetting something. I'm forgetting something. What are you forgetting? I don't know. Oh, thank you to Rob, our editor, for editing our episodes oh. every week. That's what I was looking for. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's the end of the episode, right? There's something else we talk about? Yeah, okay, okay. Actually, Mike, Oh. I, I, I have to tell you something. What? I actually did have a pretty good fun fact this week. Really? But you're never going to hear it. Ciao!